Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Lynn Freeman, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. With university and secondary school students heading towards end-of-year exams, we're looking today at reading tips for study success. My guest is teacher, author, public speaker and CEO of Spectrum Education, Karen Boys. Karen says pages and pages of text can seem overwhelming, but there are many ways to read different types of text. And she's got some great suggestions for how to do this. We have a link to these on our webpage. Karen, good morning. Good morning. I've got pages of notes, but I'll be fine. (laughs) You say that reading is the key to learning. So what's your key piece of advice for a student faced with a pile of reading with exams, you know, just the next day, say? Well, hopefully it's not the next day. A lot of them will, unfortunately. I know. (laughs) Studying the night before is not necessarily the best best idea. Um, One of the uh, biggest tips is to take your time and spread what you've got to read over a period of time and not try and cram it all in the night before, but also to... um, Chunk it down, but have a reason for reading. That's the biggest uh, biggest uh, tip, I guess, because not just reading for reading's sake, but why am I reading this? What's the purpose? What do I need to get out of this? What do I need to learn or what do I need to remember? So that's probably one of the key big tips. So you're really encouraging them to put quite a lot of thought into their exam and what they believe will be will be covered and be quite targeted yes, in their reading? Yes, yes. So uh, you might be researching for a particular question, you might be researching for a particular topic and thinking about what is it that you need to know, what is it that you don't know, what are the questions you have before you go into that uh, reading That and, and, again, finding that purpose. Is it okay to read over and over? Over and over the same information. Mm. Well, uh, most of us have done this. If you've ever done this, if you've read the same, read to the bottom of the page and you have no idea what you read, or you've found yourself reading the same line over and over and over again, um, it's probably because you're not focused on what you're reading. And so if you find yourself doing that, what we actually, you actually need to do is slow down, take a break, and uh, go back and, again, work out what am I trying to find from this text? What am I trying to learn? Is it, is it, if it's a fiction text that you're reading, uh, what's the plot? What are the characters? What is the setting that I need to know about? What are the, what are the inferences that are happening within this text? So lots of, uh, if you find yourself going over and over something, uh, then... Go back and look again for your purpose. However, I read something sometimes three times. Uh, and so because I speed read. So the average person reads about 250 words per minute. Now that's because we talk at about 250 words per minute. So most people when they are reading are saying the words inside their head. 
but speed readers don't do that. We actually look for the keywords and we look for the meaning. So we miss out all the little words, the in, uh, the, button, is. Um, we miss out those tiny words and just look for meaning. So actually, if you just do that tip, you can double or even triple your reading speed. So at a top reading speed, I could probably read uh, three, four, five thousand words per minute. So if I'm reading something at that speed, I'm going to be reading it faster than I did if I read it once at 250. Do you absorb, I'm a, I'm a speed reader but I can't reach that, that <laughs> speed that you're talking about but I don't always absorb it and I'm not always reading to absorb it as long as I can keep it in my head yes. for 24 hours and then let it go. But it is, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Speed reading is quite interesting mm. and what you what you hone in on and what you let go. Well, it's interesting because the world record for speed reading is about 24,000 words per minute. and But that drops down to about 10,000 for recall. So the brain can see the 24,000 words, but about 10,000 words. Uh, and so I have different speeds for different texts, different reading. I definitely do not read novels fast. I want to absorb all the, you know, I want to fall into the book and pretend I'm in there. Uh, but... Uh, so when we're reading, the first time I read, I'm reading for an overview. I'm looking at what is the information about. The second time I'm reading, I might read um, a little slower just to get the key context and ideas. And then the third time, I might read it really fast, just looking for clarity of ideas that I wasn't sure about. Is that fiction and non-fiction, or do you really have... Probably just non-fiction. non-fiction. Yes. So with, with fiction, we'll go back to fiction, yes. if that's all right. You've suggested setting a timer. Yes. So uh, 20 minutes. Uh, if you're having challenges with the readings, set a timer for 20 minutes. There's an app for your phone you can download called the iStudy Alarm. It has lots of study tips in it, but it has the timer that times you for 20 minutes. And so you do your 20 minutes and then take a little break or just... At that, at that break time go what have I read what do I understand so break it into those smaller chunks and uh, look at the uh, keywords one of the uh, methods I wrote about many years ago was the gummy bear method um, and so the gummy bear method if you're really having trouble and this would work for fiction and non-fiction is to put a gummy bear on the page and when you get to that part of the page you can eat it <laughs> so you've got to read all the way down to the gummy bear and then you're allowed or, to eat or it or a health alternative or a healthy it could alternative. be an almond it could be know. yes oh, I like that yes <laughs> absolutely and making notes now note taking is a real skill and I remember this from my examination days it was about honing and honing and in the end in the morning I think I was hoping that my notes would be enough for me to mm-hmm to read and probably all I was able to absorb. So note-taking, important? Yes. So when I'm reading, um, I'll often read with a pencil and I'm uh, underlining some of the key phrases or the key ideas that I think I want to remember. And then after I've perhaps read that chapter or that section, I will go back and I'll summarise that into my notes. I find it easier to do that afterwards than trying to do it at the same time just because it... uh, interrupts the flow of reading but when I go back and do it afterwards I'm also then coming back to the information I'm clarifying it and then of course another strategy which is always great is to be able to then go and tell somebody about it have a study buddy um, and be able to talk about what you're reading because that when you can teach it when you can talk about it you have a higher understanding. Oh, I like that. Listening to the audio book, another suggestion. <laughs> yes. I love audio books, but I would never have thought about it for um, for studying. 
Oh, well, if there's an audio version, uh, it's great. Uh, we call it, uh, if you're driving a lot uh, with your uh, children in the car, you could have, uh, we call it the university traffic. You can be having the uh, books on in the car. Of course, kids have the, uh, their devices plugged into the ears at all times. So uh, it's useful to be able to listen to those audio books just, just to get another another way for it to come into the brain. Yeah, like it. Well, back to nonfiction, and you talk about reading about the author and the acknowledgements. I really like that to find out what uh, what perspective that author is coming from. Who are their inspirations? Uh, and uh, particularly when reading nonfiction, if it's something I know a lot about, I'm like, oh, I know about that person, and I know about that person that they are mentioning, and so it gives me a bit of a base of okay, I know where their foundation comes. And when I'm reading an, a book which I haven't, don't know any of the the sources or the people, I'm like, oh, this is a new perspective that I might be gaining today because I don't know these people that they're quoting and their inspiration. So it allows me to to know that I'm possibly going to learn a lot more or, or from a different perspective. You talk about creating interest, scanning the contents and and uh, going for the 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 interesting parts first. I was just thinking it's a little bit like there are two types of people with food, hey? They're the ones who have their favourite food first and yes. then um, begrudgingly have to eat through the rest of the plate and the ones who get rid of the stuff they dislike and keep the treat. I'm one of those. And keep the treats <laughs> to, the, to the end. Um, but what are the advantages perhaps of of going for the, the most interesting bits first in non-fiction? I think it, uh, again, creates interest. I often love reading the index and finding uh, finding things that I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I dive straight into that, and then it gives me uh, more excitement to go back and reread around that piece. And it's like, oh, look, there's a topic on this in this book. I'll go and read that. So it creates that interest. And, uh, yeah, some people, you know, those people who like to read the end of the book know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm related to one of those oh, people. Yes. I've got a very good friend who uh, does that. I can't oh, imagine why you'd want to do It's appalling. Isn't that the reason to read it, to find out what happens? So many arguments <laughs> over that philosophy. You talk about um, photos and diagrams. And I think that's that's really interesting too, because often a, a diagram can just sum up things so well when you might be, especially with nonfiction that's not well written or, or is intense, it can yes. just help you clarify at a glance. Well, I think if an author puts in a diagram or puts in a, a graphic of some kind, there's a reason they've put it there. It must be really important because they don't go to the, uh, the time and the expense to get the graphics done in a book uh, just because they thought they would. You know, there has to be a real reason. And uh, so if they're in there, I think that's the part you need to f- focus on. Go and look at those, and even that can help create interest. Go and read the uh, the captions underneath the photographs. Read the captions underneath the graphics, uh, and then study the graphics because there's obviously a flow or information that is needed. And B, this is crucial, I think, to your um Advice, be very clear on what your mission is to begin with, particularly if it is, as you say, for for an exam. Yes. Focus focus and uh, honing things down as much as you can is really important, hey? Mm, absolutely. To know why you're reading it and uh, to get – the purpose of reading is for understanding and to gain meaning. So uh, know why you're reading it. You're not just wanting to read words after words after words. Karen, this might be your most controversial one yet. You advocate sitting up to read, (laughs) (laughs) not lying in the couch or reclining on your chair or lying in bed. Okay. 
if it's something that's challenging, uh, difficult, and you're really needing to focus, feet flat on the floor, spine really straight. Right at the base of our spine, we have a cerebral spinal fluid pump that pumps uh, cerebral spinal fluid up. I'm, <laughs> now you're sitting I'm up. sitting up. We're both <laughs> sitting up now. <laughs> Sorry, I can't uh, help it. Uh, pumps that fluid up and down our spine and so it's going straight into the brain so the straighter that spine the more of this you know great brain activities happening so it's good for us if people notice i'm doing a better job from now on it'll be thanks to you as i'm <laughs> you're sitting up I, I slouch it's dreadful now that doesn't mean that if it's a novel you can't be lying down reading that right so uh, um, and often when we read in bed people can often read a lot longer and it's because they're not reading with their eyes looking down they're often reading with their eyes looking up which is actually a faster way to read as well Excellent. Well, we've just got time to talk about the Holiday Kindness Challenge, Karen, that you're encouraging. Yes. A bit of inspiration in our office recently when we uh, talk to teachers a lot and parents, they're talking about the social and emotional curriculum and wanting children to be more kind. And even our Prime Minister talks about kindness a lot. And I've just been overseas and everyone goes, oh, your Prime Minister is all about kindness. Um, So we're launching a kindness challenge for students over the school holidays. So we've got sort of like three weeks to get it out there and uh, so it's really just ideas that students can children parents anyone actually what what are things you can do every day for 14 days that are kind and just focus on that kindness well let's give some examples you've got kindness to self yeah so what can you do to be kind to yourself this is the self-love it's the ideas of being able to um, uh, do something that makes you happy do some exercise and get your body fit and healthy uh, to be able to uh, look after yourself take that mindfulness practice time to just breathe deeply so looking after ourselves we've got to be kind to ourselves first I believe before we can really be kind to others I'm going to take up the challenge avoid complaining for the entire day yes. <laughs> that's, my, that's my goal I think parents will like their children to try that one. (laughs) And kindness to families. So what are you suggesting here? So helping with the chores, doing the dishes, uh, doing things that you might not expect, that others don't expect. You know, go and wash your mum and dad's car in the school holidays. Uh, Instead of being bored, go and find something kind, write notes on and leave them on their pillows. You know, just do something that's kind and make everyone feel happy. Toddy up after yourself, I think, might be one that gets highlighted (laughs) on the fridge. (laughs) Kindness to others. So this is not family. This is uh, someone else outside the family Mm -hmm. unit. Yes. So maybe it's baking a cake and taking it to a friend. Or maybe it's going to a elderly people's home and, uh, you know, just talking or playing cards or taking them some baking. Just doing something outside the home. Yes. Uh, I thought um, writing a letter, that's a a dying art. I'm I'm the child of postmaster and a postmistress. So letter writing (laughs) is actually something important in our family and meaningful. Yes. Just to take the time to do it, not dash off a text or or an email. Isn't it so amazing when you get a letter in the mail and someone's actually taken the time? Someone recently sent me a postcard from America. And I'm like, wow, that actually takes time and effort to get the card, to write it and then find a stamp and post it. I felt very special. (laughs) <laughs> and kindness to our planet, which yes. is very important. So, you know, drinking from a reusable water bottle, being able to uh, recycle, use those uh, recyclable shopping bags, uh, just be kind to our planet. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we have that um, school holiday kindness challenge for children and adults, I have to say, on our webpage. Karen Boys, thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. Pleasure. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.